College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by Politiweek.com. I'm Rich Valdez is with us, former Christian administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. What's up, America? America has been impeached, or at least democracy has been impeached, or perhaps parts of the way we operate our constitutional republic have been impeached. I want you to hear what Cory Bush had to say yesterday on the floor of the House. Check this out. St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald J. Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's first district that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with impeaching the white supremacist in chief. She wants to impeach the white supremacist in chief. Now, let me tell you, I think the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King would be rolling over in his grave if he heard these words. And of course, the people on the other side are going to say, oh, you're crazy, Rich. You're one of them. You're just a token. Listen, all I could tell you is this. I don't believe that the Martin Luther King that I learned about would stand for something like this, where we'd have Congress people calling people out. Now, listen, if Donald Trump said, look, we have to make things the way they were once many years ago, making America white again, then I would be all for it. But the reality is when he talks about making America great, it had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with values. And I look at this and I just can't help but think we are going backwards and we're going backwards fast. There's nothing progressive about this movement. It's a total regression of the progress that was made. I grew up here in New York City, Brooklyn, New York. I went to public school 197. During our nap time, the kid next to me was a black kid, Haitian. Stan Hope Ellis was his name. Nice guy. To the other side of me, a kid named Mark Schulman, Jewish kid. Then you have Osama Marrero. If I remember right, he was half Dominican, half Egyptian. That's the melting pot that I grew up in. I didn't grow up in a racist America, but today, this is a racist America. And it's not racist because of Trump. It's racist because of black women like Cori Bush. Has nothing to do with her being black, but they like to throw in the fact that Trump is white, so I'm just going to use it for descriptive purposes. Absolutely insane. Everybody's going off the deep end, and I do mean everybody. I look at our peeps, right? They want to call us to the right. Mark Levin frequently points out that it's not that we're the right. We may be right of of the center on this political spectrum. But in effect, we are people that want to follow the Constitution, maybe calling ourselves constitutionalists. Whatever you want to call us, people that don't believe in the Pelosi vision of progressivism. I'm fielding calls one after another. 
people emailing me, texting me, whatever it is, saying things like, if we can't trust our vote, democracy's finished. How are we ever going to win again? And my response to that is, is this the first time that we've seen anything like this? If we look at history, it's not my opinion, this is history. 1960. What happened in 1960 between JFK and Nixon? Right, you can call it an election irregularity. You can call it stolen votes. You can call it the mafia getting involved in the uh, Daily Machine, Mayor Daly in Chicago. Lots of things you can call it. What you can't call it is fair and free. But guess what? America bounced back because America does that. So my point is, whatever your opinion of that is, now I'm not getting into it. I'm just saying we will move forward. We will survive. People know that there was election interference between Kennedy and Nixon. And guess what? In 2016, Donald Trump won. That's right. Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of these United States. He won in that same system. So I, I really, I just can't entertain these ideas that we can't move forward, that democracy is over. It's not. Now, did we impeach democracy yesterday? I think so. And by the way, my trick question is always, how many times does the word democracy appear in the Constitution? If you know, give us a call. 1-800-848-9222. The bottom line is I believe that we impeached or indicted our republic yesterday, not just the president, because that president truly was a president of the people, represented what so much of the people, so many of the people felt. And he offended Washington. He offended the swamp. So the swamp fought back. And that's how the swamp fights back. The founders never, ever intended for impeachment to be used flippantly in as fast a fashion as it was. Today's Thursday. In six days, they came up with an impeachment, blaming on the events of last Wednesday and impeaching him this Wednesday. What does that tell you? Does that tell you that this was a thoughtful, deliberative process? No. But they'll lie to you and they'll tell you, oh, but we had 10 Republicans on board and this had to be done because it was a violent insurrection. It was this and that. We had so much violent insurrection. And I know you're hearing this in a lot of places, but I'm jumping in on that echo chamber to let you know there were, I don't know, was it 30 people that lost their lives in those 90 days of insurrection across our country from one big city to the next, even going to small cities like Kenosha, Wisconsin. The president showed restraint, just like he's showing restraint now. Never wanted to be heavy-handed. He's not a dictatorial kind of person. Never once put the military on the street, but for when they went after a church right across the street from the White House. Yet, they want to say he's a dictator. I was scrolling through Twitter and somebody said, if he's a dictator, why is it that they're able to silence him? I thought you couldn't silence the dictators. They were the ones that did the silencing. Good point and touche. In the 1990s, I remember people talking about the Clinton body count. Then that carried on to Benghazi, to Whitewater, to this, to that, to Seth Rich, to the DNC. Clinton has been attached to so many crooked criminal theories out there. And I'm not saying she's not guilty of them. I don't know. I am saying 
that she's been the bad guy. And her famous line was that, you know, this is part of a vast right-wing conspiracy against her. Now, I can say I understand how politics works from my perspective. After 2016, we moved on to a new narrative. And I'm talking about the fringe crazy stuff that you never hear me talk about because I give it no credence. But you heard about Obama, his involvement with uh, Spygate. Now, that's not fringe and crazy. It was originally considered tin hat stuff, tinfoil hat stuff. But it wasn't. The reality was that Obama presided over what is known to be today probably one of the biggest uh, political spy operations ever conducted on a political campaign, which eventually became an incoming presidential administration. And my question is, we heard about all sorts of theories about, you know, trying them as enemy combatants and this and that and using the military for this and that and the third thing. And we've heard about all these just outlandish responses to things. And if you've been looking at politics forever, you can look back and just think, did anyone pay for spying on the Trump campaign other than Kevin Kleinsmith, one attorney that forged a document? Nope. He's it. I mean, that was actually involved. Of course, Manafort and and Roger Stone and all these other people, they were put in jail. And while Manafort was in jail, he had a couple of heart attacks. And, I mean, it really destroyed his life. Thankfully, he walked away alive with a pardon from the president. Stone, too. But the point I'm making is, did the bad guys get held accountable? Nope. People want to blame Attorney General Barr, but I'll say hit rewind. You hit rewind and what happens? Hillary Clinton. Did Hillary Clinton get in trouble for the 13 hearings that they had on Benghazi? No, no. What about the 50 bodies that she's um, suspected of being related to, to their murder? Nope. That goes right back into the 90s. So it begs one of two questions. A, is it even true? Or B, it's true, but these people are so good at breaking the rules because they make the rules that they know exactly how to get away with it. I would probably venture to say a little bit of both, but more of the second than the first. So here's the thing. If nothing ever happened to Clinton since the 90s and we're in 2021, so you're talking 30 years of allegations with nothing going on. If nothing ever happened to Obama and Clapper and Brennan, if nothing ever happened to anybody, what makes you think something is going to happen now? What makes you think something's going to happen now with the new bad guy, the new foil that we have? Who's the new foil? The ghost in the machine. How are we going to get the ghost in the machine if we can't get the people that we actually know are involved in previous allegations of wrongdoing? You can't get absorbed in the minutiae. There's always going to be a story. There's always going to be a bad guy that's larger than life. Whether it's Crooked Hillary or Bill Barr or whomever, whoever the bad guy of the day is. Politics is, has never been based on getting the bad guy. But a big part of what drives politics is always having a bad guy. 
because that gets people interested and excited. And both sides use this. This is a common tactic. And if you don't abuse it, it helps to raise awareness. It helps to bring light to an issue. But if you go overboard and you start to just come up with crazy theories, even if those theories turn out to be true, but you know that you can't effectuate any type of change there, is the answer for you to say, I give up. I say, hell no. And the reason why? I'll tell you why. Because it's true that there are child molesters out there. And if you're a parent like I am, you want to keep your eyes open for that stuff. It's true that when you walk through Manhattan, there's crime in this city. It's not true that every person is getting mugged. And it's not true that every kid is getting molested. So the point is, while there's dangers and there are realities and there are crimes that actually happen, we can't get caught up in all of that. We have to be careful. We have to protect ourselves, but we have to move forward. Just because somebody cheated in the election of 1960 doesn't mean that I'm not going to vote in the election of 2021 or 2022 or 2023 or 2024. There's an old saying that says, what I eat won't make you fat. There's another saying that says, you can cheat and lie and fool. Some of the people, some of the time. But you can't fool all of the people all of the time. This is America. Mr. Call Screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. Do you think this impeachment was legit? Do you think that Trump was truly calling for violence? Because not only are they blaming, blaming him, but they're blaming so many of us. In the media and talk radio, all over the place. Now, I think that's criminal. But speaking of criminals and speaking of swamps, I want to tell you a quick little story. I was looking through some news to talk about on the show. Headline, naked fugitive rescued from crocodile infested mangroves by fishermen. Yep, that's real. So the suspected armed robber was found sitting on a tree branch of the outskirts of Darwin, Australia. He'd been lost for four days. Two fishermen rescued this naked fugitive. The guy was on the run. They found him sitting on a tree branch in a crocodile habitat. Wow. So the guy, his name is Cam Faust. Him and uh, another fisherman named Kev Joyner, they were hanging out fishing, and they heard a guy, the fugitive, the criminal, Luke Voskrensky, yelling for help on Sunday as they uh, set crab traps from their dinghy. And lo and behold, they find the guy. He was covered in mud, cuts, insect bites. He had explained that he'd been lost for four days and he'd survived by eating snails and used his own clothes for bits and pieces over the way. Wow. Anyway, point is, the guy was in bad shape and he was in a swamp and he got rescued by some outdoorsmen. Now, speaking of swamps, the impeachment was over something that I think was unfair to say the least. So I want you to listen to the president in his address one more time. Check this out. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated. Lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and Patriotically, make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Standing strong for your country is exactly right. 
whether you agree or disagree with the opinion of the president as he expresses it in his speech. You can't sit there and say that you're going to impeach him because he said words. You just can't. Now, if the words were calling for violence, great, but I heard peacefully and patriotically, and he disagreed with the outcome, as is his right, as is anybody's right in America. Peacefully and patriotically. To me, that's the key. And the fact that the hundreds of thousands of people there went home, a small handful stayed behind, or a small handful was already there, as was revealed by the timeline issued by the Washington Post. And Mark Levin spoke about this last night, and it's been out in the news. The insurrection occurred while Trump was still speaking before he even uttered those words. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. So the point is, how could you hold him responsible if they were doing this before he even got on stage, trying to break in and do whatever? It literally can't be blamed on Trump. But that doesn't stop the Democrats. It doesn't stop them in any way. It doesn't stop even Democrats here locally, right here in New York City, like Mayor Bill El Bobo de Blasio who now says we're not doing any business with the Trump organization in New York because, well, we don't like what he said, and we're going to lie about what he said, misrepresent what he said, and misstate the facts. Check this out. President of the United States directed a mob against the United States Capitol, against the Congress, while it was engaging in a constitutional lawful electoral college vote count. In light of this criminal act, the city of New York has uh, determined I just want to that— right there. So, he goes through it so quickly and so smoothly that you think it's a matter of fact. He just said it was a criminal act. What what the president did was no crime. Free speech is not a crime. And I'm not saying that it's free speech to tell people to go blow things up or break doors. He never said any of that. He said peacefully and patriotically. Don't make me play it again because I will. But Bill Ed Bobo de Blasio wants to jump in and say, well, because in light of this criminal act, what criminal act? This is why I call him El Bobo, because he's a sucker. He falls for anything. And I think, honestly, he's not really a sucker. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's being cunning. He's being very conniving. He's trying to fool people. So we're going to jump back in. But I want you to just listen to this with a critical ear, because he's literally lying through his teeth, saying things that are not a matter of fact. And it's wrong. Check this out. Has determined that it is within our power to terminate all contracts with the Trump organization. So we will no longer be doing any business at all. By the contract language, we. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. We have the right to terminate contracts, obviously if a criminal act has been committed and a criminal act has been committed. So goodbye to the Trump organization. We're not doing any business with you. By the way, a lot of other people are not doing any business with you any longer. One of the uh, contracts Trump organization has had up to now is for 
uh, a golf course in the Bronx and in that contract obligated uh, to have championship golf tournaments there. Well, guess what? The PGA just said they won't allow any of their tournaments at Trump Organization golf courses. Uh, This criminal act has led a lot of companies, a lot of people, to determine that things need to be different, that we cannot accept a status quo where a criminal gets away with this. So we are acting. So now they want to say he's a criminal. Now, Mayor de Blasio went on because one reporter who was doing their job decided to say, but in all respect, sir, Trump is in the White House. He's not running the Trump organization. His son, Eric Trump, is in charge of that. And he said Eric Trump is just as bad as his dad. And he continues to call this a criminal act. Now, you can say it's a criminal act to break into the Capitol. Hell yeah, that's a criminal act. But it's not a criminal act to blame it. Well, I should, it should be a criminal act to blame it on Trump when he had nothing to do with it. So my point is, and I think I made it clear, you've got Democrats doing what Bill Ed Bobo de Blasio is doing. They literally want to pin everything on Trump. Doesn't matter. Oh, it's raining today. Well, that's because Trump, that's a criminal act and Trump is responsible for it. And that's BS. There's so much happening right now with people canceling people, not choosing to do business. This is literally what I think the Civil Rights Act was all about. So that we wouldn't have this type of division. That it made it illegal to discriminate against people based on they're this and they're that and they're that. And what it left out was political affiliation. Because that's a true part of liberty. I would never say that we should pass a law that stops progressives from doing X, Y, and Z. I would never say that. And I don't like progressivism. But I I love people. Point is, de Blasio's a liar and he's making things bad. And there's a list of companies that are doing this. And I'm going to get into which companies are doing it, what Twitter uh, had to say, CEO Jack Dorsey. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. And Airbnb and other major corporations are suspending donations to Republicans involved in challenging the electoral vote count. Now, I don't mean storming the Capitol. I mean even saying that a candidate has a right to challenge a vote count. Is that pro-democracy where you come from? Does that support the republic? I don't know. I don't know. I think hell no is the answer. But Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey issues a statement on banning Trump. I don't celebrate or feel pride in having to ban at real Donald Trump from Twitter or how we got here. After a clear warning, we take this action. We made a decision with the best information we had based on the threats to physical safety, both on and off Twitter. Was this correct? Question mark. 
Now, Dorsey continued to explain, we face an extraordinary, untenable circumstance, forcing us all to look at the actions of public safety. Offline harm as a result of online speech is demonstrably real, and it's why this drives our policy and enforcement above all. That said, having to ban an account has real and significant ramifications. Whether it's clear and obvious, I feel that a ban is a failure of ours to ultimately promote healthy conversation and time for us to reflect on our operations and the environment around us. So he even realizes, you know why he realizes? Because several world leaders like the Prime Minister of Germany and everybody else that I mentioned yesterday, um, AMLO is the clever name that the President of Mexico goes by, and others have said, bruh, what are you doing? How are you legit taking this dude off Twitter? Not only because he has 80 some odd million, 90 million people that follow him, but he's the president of the United States. People fight for business from the president of the United States, from the federal government as a whole. Yet Twitter says, nah, we're good. I mean, they slap labels on it. Twitter could have easily said, you know what? This violates our guideline. We're deleting it. How about that level of censorship? But no. They didn't even go that far. They just said your account is suspended. So you know what? I say to this guy, Dorsey, I think he's a clown. I do defend his right to do that. Uh, I think until this whole Section 230 thing is is fixed, they're going to do what they want. But the bottom line here with all of that is that the media has a mind of its own. And we have minds of our own. And we're, we should be allowed to think and speak and do what we want to do. Because that is what liberty is all about. So, listen, I don't agree with Jack, but, hey, that's his company, and that's what he wants to do. So, que se vaya para la miércoles, right? Do what you got to do. Don't know if that translation would work well here. So, anyway, I want to take another look at some of the rant from AOC from yesterday. Now, you guys know AOC, all out crazy, my least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. And she used to be my favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, but now she's my least favorite because the – People that track how many bills that you write into law as a congressperson said that her and only one other person from the freshman class here in New York City failed to actually write, submit, and get approved zero pieces of legislation. That's right. AOC spent two years in Congress. She was on TV almost as much as Trump, and she didn't get a single piece of legislation signed into law. But – with that being said, she's here now telling us that she wants to the creation of a re-education camp. All right, hold on. Let me back up. A media commission so that, you know, she could tell people like me and anybody else how to think and how to be literate when it comes to the media. And quite frankly, I consider myself the media literacy commission, right? I listen. I give you their side of the story that's in the media. I interpret it and I tell you the real deal because clearly they're lying to you. But listen to what AOC has to say. Um, climate change, huge, huge priority. Um, let's see, any discussion in Congress about federal truth and reconciliation or media literacy initiatives to help with healing? I definitely, so there, I can't say, I, I don't think that the response, the, that this kind of like medium term response has, um, fully crystallized yet. But what I can say is that there's absolutely a commission that's being discussed, but it, it seems to be more investigatory um, in style rather than truth and reconciliation. Um, and so I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. Um, and 
you know, I do think that uh, several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up uh, media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. Um, and we're going to have to figure out how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, and so that's something that we're looking into. So they're talking about using something that was used in South Africa and India and other places to correct the record. And again, I think a big part of what Donald Trump has done in his presidency is correct the record. I don't think I can point to a time in American history where more people are politically active and engaged and and astute. Most people know more about stuff. And I think that's just the bottom line, whether you like it or not. Whether you're the type that smokes pot and goes on YouTube and gets lost on, in a sea of YouTube videos and you're like, you know, Bernie's not so bad, bro. But yo, but Trump makes sense too. You know, you could be that guy. There's a lot of independents out there. And for whatever reason, I'm like a magnet for those people. They love to call me and, you know, when they're uh, on the ninth cloud and give me their political thoughts. Sometimes that's fun to share those thoughts with folks. But overall, it doesn't matter what your politics are. When the government starts telling us what to do and believe, truth and reconciliation, wow, what does that have to do with your role in the government? I say nothing. And this Media Literacy Commission, so AOC is going to lead a commission that's going to investigate how we're supposed to interpret the media, how literate we are. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty literate. I look CNN, fake news. It's pretty simple. I think you look at it and you see what it's worth. And that's why they got tossed off of the airport network. But you tell me, and again, it could be an age thing, right? Being born in the late 70s, I understand uh, life a different way than others that may have been born in the 90s uh, or early 2000, whatever. My point is, are we to look at things differently through age? Of course. But does it make it right or wrong? Like, is it okay for us to live our lives looking at everybody through this lens of racism, being guided by racism or being guided by race? I say no. I don't think that's appropriate. But some people seem to think that's the right thing to do. The right thing to do now is parade in the streets over these perceived injustices. Now, if you want to push back and go, well, come on, Rich, you can't say there's no injustice. Of course there's injustice. There's injustice all the time. I come here to work and I get a parking ticket outside. I think that's an injustice, especially if, you know, it looked like a legit spot. Now, if I parked illegally on purpose, got it. Everybody goes through injustice. And in my opinion, you've got to kind of bake that into the recipe. That's a part of life. Now, some might say, oh, that's up to you if you want to roll over and play dead and, and accept the injustice. I'm not saying to accept the injustice all the time, but I am saying life comes with tribulation. There's bumps along the road, and we can't sit here and blame everybody for one injustice that happens to me. And we also can't say that this injustice is rampant when it's really not factually supported by real numbers. Saying that there's more black men dying at the hands of white police officers than anybody else, it's not even true. And it's wrong, and it's dangerous, and we've seen that. We've seen the Dominican woman, her daughter's one of my friends on Instagram, Mia Soti Familia. NYPD shot in the face. 
Why? Because she was wearing blue. Assassinated. And there were so many others that were assassinated that way, even going back into Dallas. When did that start? That's right. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct, sir. Under the administration of President Barack Obama. Before that, nobody talked about that stuff. Cops weren't getting shot dead that way as often until Obama made this front and center a major political issue. And I'm, again, I'm not being provocative. I'm just giving you the facts. Just look it up. Just do a Google search for police brutality and justice. You'll see all that stuff starts 2014, 2015. But guess what? Life existed between before 2014. It didn't just become an epidemic then because it's not even an epidemic now. And that's the point. I'm just challenging people to look at the facts and to stop being led through the nose by someone telling you something that sparks emotional uh, reactions in you rather than using logic and reason. We have to think. We have to be better. We need our own media literacy to be between our two ears. Otherwise, we're going to be screwed. I always leave you with a refrain from Hamilton and a refrain from Lord Acton, also attributed to, to Sir Edmund Burke. And that is, if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. And... The only thing necessary to keep evil from triumphing is for good people to do nothing. And you, America, are those good people. So it's time to stand up, rise up, to do things you've never done. In order to achieve results you've never achieved, you have to do things you've never done. Until next time, America. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.